This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. I don't know why this stuff is coming in my heart. Maybe because there's going to be healing at the end of the service today from any kind of emotional wounds or or things that you've suffered with. I've been feeling that all week that, that God was going to bring healing in people's heart. But you know, God can want to do that. But how many know we have to let him do it? We have to let him do it. So many times there's things God wants to do for me, and I kind of hold him out, and I don't let him do what he wants to do. Um, the other thing that was coming in my mind, we're uh, very excited to have my father-in-law, Troy, and my mother-in-law, Connie, here today. They're sitting on the second row, and uh, we love them very much. If you want to give them a warm welcome today. They're from Branson, Missouri, and... Uh, they, uh, Carmen, uh, it's kind of un, unheard of, but uh, the house that Troy and Connie started with, Carmen uh, didn't have indoor plumbing till you was like in the seventh grade, wasn't it? Seven years, Seven years old. Excuse me. All right, evangelistically speaking, okay? <laughs> uh, seven years old. But um, you, you guys all know a couple years ago, um, I kind of had a, a, a breakdown, you might, call, you might say, where just a lot of years caught up with me. And this church sent me away for actually a year of sabbatical, but I only took seven months just to be renewed and to be, uh, uh, I'd been 20-some years in the ministry, and I wanted to get 20-some more in the ministry. And that was a lifesaver for me. But um, in that time, you know, we said everybody needs rescuing. Um, in that time, we went to Troy and Connie's, and um, something, something about those two, even my own parents, I wasn't even able to go home. Noises and things just sent me through the ceiling, and I mean, I tried to go visit my mom and dad, and I'd get up and get in the car and, and have to leave because just nerves and things were shot, but... Um, Troy really was there, and Connie was really there for me in that time. And you talk about uh, Troy is a person of few words. Carmen's dad doesn't say much. But I never in my life have felt so much that somebody really cared about me. And people, you can pick that up. And you don't have to be real fluent in speech or be real flashy with personality to be able to really be used of God. But um, I would have to say that probably Troy was used of the Lord more than anybody in my whole life on, well, my wife, obviously. My gosh, that poor lady <laughs> happened to live with me. But um, Troy, Troy really, um, he was there. How many know there's power and presence? He was there. So, Troy, I want to thank you for that. You always have been there. Um, We're talking about words. This is going to be our last week on speaking about words. But words, according to the Bible, I wouldn't believe it if the Bible didn't say it. But how how many know that we believe what the Bible says? But according to the Bible, the Bible says that our words have the power of life and death. I mean, you can speak life into your situation, into people around you, into your business, into your own life, 
You know what the Lord's been showing me is how much death we speak into our own lives. Everybody say my own life. The other day I, I, I was uh, mudding some walls for Caitlin's neighbor, trying to help him out a little bit. And, um, and I, I did something. I go, Brian, you are so stinking stupid. And, and you're so stupid, Brian. I, I, I yelled that at myself for something I was doing with the mudding that I knew better. Anybody ever done something that you knew better? You're like, you are so stupid. But you know, I'm stopping myself. I stopped myself and I said, no, you're not stupid. You're actually highly sophisticated. Pretty <laughs> doggone looking. Pretty good looking. Um, uh, amazing health at being 49 years old. Come on. No. <laughs> I mean, you can exaggerate a little, can't you? Um, call it, yeah, anyway. So, but you, we even sabotage ourselves. Do you know how many times God gets straight and starts straightening out our life? And within 10 minutes, we've sabotaged everything that God's trying to do. So we got to, until we understand the value of words, I believe we don't value life. The Bible says words kill or words give life. Words are either poison or your words are either fruit. And I like the way the Bible says it says you choose. So it's up to you kind of what you want to do with that. But um, the truth about words, the reason I'm really honing in and becoming mature. Everybody say mature. Because the Bible says that a man that can, tame, that, that can allow God to tame his tongue. How many know that our tongues are humanly impossible to tame? Scripture says. But divinely, they're possible. God can tame our tongue. Amen? God can tame, tame our tongues. But, uh, but with that, it's been my heart to cooperate with him and to really... How many know we got to cooperate with him? You know, even the horse, you got to cooperate with that bridle coming on. I, I, through the week, I'm like, Lord, I'll, I'll, re, I'll wear that bridle on my mouth. But I'm committed. I'm committed that I'm going to get a hold of the words in my mouth. I'm committed to that. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm committed to getting a hold of my mouth. I'm committed to that. I'm committed to that. Because I want to do Matthew 19, 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, my God. Now, realize... When it comes to words, what kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of world do you choose to live in? You know, God envisioned a world that he wanted to live in. God uh, had a plan and, and, and he had a scheme and, and he just had a dream of, man, this is a place I would like to live in. And we know that with words that God created the heavens and the earth. With his words, he created the heaven and earth. He created the, the skies and separated the firmament. And he had grass and trees. He, he imagined animals and people. And, and he couldn't imagine being alone. So he said, I want to have people. Man, he, think of the beauty that the Lord. How many enjoy God's beauty? How many say he was creative? See, you can say that. How many have a place in your job where you need to be creative? Amen. You can say, I'm created in the image of God, so I'm creative. Amen. That's a way that you can use your words. But what kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of world do you want to live in? I told you before that my wife, if, if, if I'm any kind of a husband or I am any kind of a father or I'm any kind of a, a, a good person, my wife has had a lot to do with that because she created uh, she created that world she wanted to live in when she would tell me I was a good husband when I was a knothead. When she would tell me that you're a good father when I wasn't a good father. Are you all with me? 
And, and, and so with her words and with her faith and, and, and how she believed in me, she created that to where, you know, we have something really good now. You may be sitting with a relationship or a situation or a business situation. You may be like, well, it's not real good right now. I'm telling you, death and life are in the power of your tongue. And there's three things. Write these things down. Alignment, align, agree, accomplish. Write that down. Is it in your insert? Align, agree, accomplish. Three A's. Align, agree, accomplish. When, when, when you're needing something to change or be better in your life, the first thing we got to do is we got to line up with God's word. Brothers and sisters, we live in a day and age where any topic of anything you're going with, you can find a good Bible concordance and find plenty of scriptures for anything that you're going through. Anything, whether it's marriage, whether it's family, whether it's finance, whether it's relationship, whatever it is, you can find with a good concordance anything in this Bible. So the first thing you do is you find scriptures. When you need something in your life, the first thing you do, people come up for prayer, and, and, and sometimes I want to say, because people just want a prayer, sometimes I want to say, tell me five scriptures you're standing on. Tell me five scriptures that you're standing on, that you're believing on. And, and to me, that shows somebody that's really committed to change when they've searched out the word and you're meditating and pondering on it where you're allowing that word to change you. Are you all with me? Husband, you ought to know the scriptures about the husband. Wife, we ought to know the scriptures about the wife. But what we do is we want to know the husband wants to know the scripture on the wife and throw it in her face. And the wife wants to know the scriptures on the husband and throw it in his face. When we need to be knowing the scriptures about ourselves, that's good preaching. Somebody say amen. Amen. So, so find that word, and then after you find it, then align yourself. How many know, somebody say, well, I don't know what God's will is sometimes. Have you ever wondered what God's will is? God's will is always his word. If you're wondering, well, does God want to heal me or not? Look in the Bible and see if he heals and wants to heal. Uh, does God want to uh, bless me financially? Well, what's the word say? Does God, how's God want my marriage to be? What's the word say? Find it in that Bible, align yourself up to it, find yourself and align with it. Sometime alignment means adjustment. Maybe there's another A. Maybe it needs to be alignment, adjustment. Sometimes alignment causes you that you need to adjust. Anybody ever read the word and you said, well, I'm not doing that, don't want to do it, let's move to the next page. We have to align, adjust, and then agree. Amos 3.3 says this. You guys don't have this scripture. Don't try it. But the Bible says that two can't walk together unless they're in agreement. How many want to walk with God? Need to be in agreement. His agreement is with his word. Aligning with the word. His word is his will. We align with his word. We agree with his word. And then the third thing is God accomplishes it. Now, in Romans chapter 4, verse 17... I want, to, I want to give an example of this. The Bible says, as, is it, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In Romans chapter 4, verse 17, I've been reading out of New King James Version. But it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, we're talking about how to use your tongue to receive the promises of God to create the world that you want to live in, all right? So, so, so the first thing you do is you get the, as it is written. 
Jacob, uh, Abraham had his as it is written. Do you have your as it is written? As it is written, I have made you the best mother that a mother could ever be. As it is written, I have made you the best mother or father to your children that you could ever be. As it is written, I have put in my word things that can give you the very best principles to have the very best business in Chicagoland. As it is written. So you take the as it is written. I have made you the father. You get that promise and you align with that promise. And you adjust some things that makes it where you're lining up with the promises of God. And then you're in agreement with it. Look at this. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of, of him who he believed God. I want you to see this because I don't. the reason I came back to this, I don't think I made it clear the first time I preached on this. But look at this. It says, I've made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. In other words, Abraham said, I've got the promise in the presence of of, of him, God, whom he, Abraham, was believing in God. Okay? Everybody with me on that? Look at this. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though it is. Brothers and sisters, listen to me very clearly. You can't create nothing, anything. That's something I hear preached wrong, I think. You don't create anything. It is God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they are. Is it wrong? Is it wrong to say, man, the doctor said I'm sick, but his word says I'm healed. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Is it wrong to do that? No, that, that's the agreement I'm talking about. It, do, you do that. You do that, but I want to make it clear so we don't get somebody... See, see, if you think you're the one that's calling it, then you think you're the one that's got to deliver it. You can't deliver anything. You can't deliver anything. It's God who gives life. It's God that looked at Adam and saw him on the ground and breathed the breath of life and life came into that situation. It's God that saw Abraham a hundred years of old and said his body's not dead, nor is Sarah's womb dead. He, it was God who called that womb not dead. It was God who called Abraham's seed not dead. It was God who called light to come into the darkness. We just need to line up, get in agreement, and God will accomplish it. Hallelujah. It's God that does it. It's God that does it. The Lord really tweaked that on me. He tweaked that on me. But really it hadn't changed the way I pray. It just, I know where the deliverer come, the deliverer comes from. I know my redeemer lives. I know from, I look up to the hills from whence cometh my help. I know my help is in the Lord. I know I, that's humility. God resisteth the proud. He opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. 
Man, you know what Abraham was? Here's what Abraham did. Regardless of the translation, it seems very clear. It was God who called those things which were not as though they were. This verse declares our supreme, listen to this. This verse declares our supreme and personal God as the object worthy of Abraham's faith and the keeper of his promise. The scripture goes on describing the exercise of Abraham's faith. See, here's what we do. We align, we agree, we say it even. We even say it. Romans 10, 8 8 through 10. I think I'll be quoting KJV, but don't try to get it. Romans 10, 8 through 10 says this. The word is nigh you. The word that we preach, the word of salvation. It's, it's, It's here. It's been preached to you just like everybody else. That's why you can't say, well, the Lord never tried to save me. Everybody has had the chance to be saved. The word is nigh. It's near you. It's around you. The word of faith that we preach. The the word's right here, man. Even in Hebrews 4, Paul said, I fear having preached that, that, that people, uh, look, look at it, it, don't, don't go here, I'll just read it to you. But God's promises, let me get, get these things on. But, but Abraham said this, God's promises of enter, entering into rest stands. We ought to tremble with fear that some may fail to experience it. Do you know that God has planned a rest for all of you? Rest means where you're just, it's in overdrive. Marriage is good. Life is good. Kids are good. You can be going through all hell, but you can still say, it's all good. Because God's with you. Uh, uh, You can be experiencing some of the greatest challenges in your business. But you can be in the rest of the Lord. In fact, listen to me. In fact, that's maturity. It's easy to say God's Jehovah Jireh when you got five chickens in the kettle and plenty of money in the bank. But it's maturity to say God's Jehovah Jireh. He provides everything. When business owner, you've got nothing on the schedule. You've got no jobs. There is uh, uh, people that are going through difficult times with, with your home or your, or, your, or your food or something tragic has happened to you. Anybody can say, well, he's Jehovah Jireh. When everything's good, they have that rest. But maturity is being in rest when ain't nothing going good. And that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, for this is, uh, he said, we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Do you know Hebrews? I mean, Dave's a teacher back there. Um, on, on thing, if you study Hebrews, that is being preached to a persecuted church. They're going through heavy persecution. Nothing's going good for them. All right, and he writes. He said, "Man, I fear lest you guys fail to experience this rest. For the good news that God has prepared, this rest has been announced to us, just as it was announced to them." How many know we're all on the level playing field with God? He doesn't like anyone better than the other one here. You're all equal. Society may try to separate you. 
society may put different degrees and popularity and who's this and who's that. But on God's, on God's outlook, honey, we're all on equal ground. Many, I'm in equal ground with many. I actually respect her. I, I wished I could be as happy as she is. I wish I could walk with the not a care like she does. It's an amazing person. I wish I could be like many. Andrew. Andrew, are you with me, buddy? Do you know what, buddy? There is a lot of things I wish I was just like you. Do you believe me? Andy, Andrew, I can be, I can have a horrible day. And when I get around you, you make me happy. Every time you do that to me. You know what? That's why we put you out as a door greeter. Because you make everybody happy. Somebody give Andrew a hand clap today. He makes everyone happy that he comes to. So it, it was, but, but it did no good to them. That, he's like, man, I fear that you don't enter into the promise. Uh, I mean, it's all given to us all the same. We're all on the same level ground. But it did no good. The promises did no good. Do you know sometimes I'll go home to my wife and I'll say, if Jesus Christ just did that appointment, he wouldn't have got any further than I did. When Jesus Christ went into Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, if the grace and the message that was preached and just given to you. Jesus said all the miracles I just did. All the signs I just gave you. All the signs I just gave you. Chorizon. Uh, is it Chorizon and Bethsaida? Or something like that. Chorizon and Bethsaida. All the signs I just gave to you. All the evidences that, of who I am. If I'd have done that to Sodom and Gomorrah. They would have repented and came to me in ashes and sackcloth a long time ago. And then Jesus said, it will be more tolerable. See, I believe there's different degrees of punishment in hell. Just like I believe there's different degrees of rewards. If you're, if you're sitting here today, I want you to hear this by the Spirit of the Lord. If you're sitting here today... And you've had some false teaching somewhere that you're going to stand before God and give an account as a Christian for everywhere you've messed up in life. You do not understand grace and you do not understand the word of God and you've gotten some false teaching somewhere. Because in Christ is how we are made righteous. You can't add to it and you can't take away from it. It's your belief in Christ. Abraham believed God and it was put into his account, his righteousness. David believed God and righteousness was imparted to him. It's given. That's why it's grace that we're saved through faith. It is not of works. But listen, but everybody's works are going to be judged. Wait, you just said I'm not going to be judged. Listen to this. Everybody's judged by works. 
There's different degrees in hell, and there's also different degrees in heaven. Because Jesus said it'll be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you in, in the last days. Here's why. Do you think, um, well, well, that one's easy. The Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, they're going to have it worse than you do. But let me tell you this. So, so here it is. The unbeliever, the unbeliever, the person that has not accepted Christ, they will be judged by the works that they did. They, they're going to be judged by their works. And there's going to be different degrees of punishment. But to the believer, hey, what if you're one of those believers that just shows up on Easter and Christmas, doesn't think about God any other time? Um, what if you're a believer that honestly you believe in God and you've probably accepted Him and are saved, but you really don't, you, you don't give of your time? You don't give of your finances. You don't give uh, of, your, of, of your talents. You, you just, we call them consumers. They just consume, but there's really no contribution to the kingdom of God. Now, Corinthians talks about people like that. It says that, that, that it, hey, if you've put your faith in Christ, you're going to go to heaven if you put your faith in Christ. You're going to make heaven. But you will. Here's how your judgment is. In heaven, at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be rewarded for our works. Not, we're going to be rewarded. People, that, that little girl that did the $300, she'll be rewarded for that. You guys that serve in children's church, you'll be rewarded for that. You guys that, that, that come and do things around the church that nobody ever sees, you're going to be rewarded for that. You that give your tithes and your offerings and you give to the Lord, you're going to be rewarded for that in this life and the life to come. You that just give, 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 give. God sees, 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 sees. And on the day where we're rewarded for our works, people that do a lot are going to be rewarded more but you guys that don't do anything for the lord you're just going to be like this Whew, at least i made it <sighs> i'm glad to be here and you're not going to have any regrets and stuff because you're in heaven but if you could have some regrets you might be like oh i wish i'd have done a little more for the lord guys it's all going to burn to me i see us working and striving and doing all this stuff what good does it matter if, compared to eternity? So with the scripture, he said that the word's nigh, but he said, I fear, um, lest having preached it, it did, the word did no good. Even if Jesus preaches something, even if Jesus comes and says, hey, I'm Jesus, this is my word of life, and, and, and I'm here to tell you this, if you don't, here's what the scripture says. It's no good if you don't, because they didn't mix it with faith to those who heard it. It's God that calls life into death. It's God that calls your situation that is not as though it is. What is our posture? Our posture is to be full of faith. Abraham believed God. 
The scripture says things like this about Abraham and that. Abraham, in hope, believed in hope. Abraham was not weak in his faith. Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, but he didn't, un, he didn't waver through unbelief. He said, my body's good as dead, but he was fully persuaded. See, that's faith. That God had, to do the, had the power to do what he promised, and it was credited credit to him. Here's how I wrote this down. The object of Abraham's faith, the object of Abraham's faith as well as ours, was sure and it's steady and it's concrete. It was on our eternal God himself who gives life to the dead. If your situation, if you will not stagger, listen to me, if you will not stagger in whatever trial, in whatever tribulation you're in, if you will not stagger, but who against hope, you're going to keep believing in it. Who, who against hope, who, who against what you see, you're going to see the unseen. Who against what you feel or what you think, you're going to let God's word override that. Are you all with me? You're going to let God's word override what you feel and what you think and what you see and, and, and that. And listen, guys, I, I, know that's, I know that's hard to do when you're in it. I know it is. Sometimes when I preach something like this, which I ain't made it halfway on the first page, so we're about done here. <laughs> but um, God had something else he wanted to say, I think, today. But listen, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to even be believing and not seeing right then. Even when I was sick, I never staggered on the promises of God. I never staggered on his love for me. Even when I didn't see hope, I never, ever got to a place where I thought there was no hope. Because my hope was in the Lord. You know, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to tell one thing. I, would, I went through so much. There were times that in my mind, I didn't know if I was awake or asleep. And thoughts just would come through your head. You need to just end it. But see, I had enough word in me where I was like, I ain't doing that. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. I'd never do that. And I wouldn't. I'd never do that. See, that's faith at work. Guys, be encouraged today. Don't give up hope in whatever you're going through. Abraham was 100 years old, and he was supposed to be the father of all nations. Sarah was 90. Do I need to make it clear? I don't think they had Cialis and... Keep it real here. How many of you like to get pregnant at 90? 
My wife's 49. She's like, hon, wouldn't it be neat if Ames could have a... Ha- mm, Brian, I'm going to kill you. No. We're too old to be granddads. Too young to be granddads. Hey, God's good. Hey, will you guys keep hope today? You know, the Bible says... Braden, you can come anytime you want. The Bible says hope deferred. Anybody ever had, what's deferred mean? Put off. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It does. Find scripture to stand on, church. Are you hearing anything today? Find some scripture to stand on. It's sure, it's steadfast. Align and adjust your life to come. See, guys, the reason you have to adjust is sometimes people want to claim, listen, sometimes people want to claim the promises of God, but they're violating his principles. Sometimes you have to adjust your life. You can't claim promises if you're violating principle. So let's, let's align, let's adjust. Let's agree. And I want clarity today. I, I did not say today that you don't confess with your mouth. Because the Bible says, the words nigh you, the word which we preach, the word of faith. It says, now confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. And you shall be saved. You see alignment, agreement. You shall be saved. Accomplishment. Who brings the accomplishment? God. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.